wants that baby out, that baby's coming out. Anybody hear me up in here? The whole body is going to contract until that baby comes out. Listen to me, girl. America's about to give birth. She about to give birth to a nation. It's a new nation, but it also is a, a old nation. A nation that's been alive before America, but America about to give birth to something that's older than her. Kind of remind me of Mary when, hallelujah, Mary gonna have the son of the highest. How can the son predate the mama? How can the nation that America about to give birth to predate America herself? So we're going to read in Exodus 11 and we're going to get cranked up. They already went through all the announcements. Amen. First lady did a great job. Better than Phil, I might say. Better, way better than Phil. <laughs> Love you, Philly. It's my wife, man. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Exodus 11. <clears throat> we're going to look at this and read this. The Bible says, And Yahweh said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And Yahweh gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, thus said Yahweh, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it, anymore but against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast that you may know how that Yahweh does put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel who put the difference my God my God my God and all these thy servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. <clears throat> And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Most High, we thank you so much for our word, your word, and our history. 
We pray that you would bless us in this word. Release your anointing and your spirit, God. Move in this place. Stir it up like the waters of Bethesda, God. Let there be a current in this place, a movement, God, of the heavenlies, God. We know your spirit is like the wind, but it's also like the water. Open up a fountain in this place and help us to get caught up with the flood. God, when you're in water, sometimes the water will move you, God. Move up us in this place. Move us in this place and move us up and not down. Hey, God, move us in your will, in your flow, God. Move our hearts, our minds, our souls. Move our families. Move our communities. Move our churches, God. Let us get caught up in the flow of your Holy Ghost. Move us, God. Move us. Flood this place with your presence that your people may know that there is yet another Passover about to happen. Do it, God. Save in this place. Sanctify in this place. But let your people know that there is still a God in Israel and that there are still prophets in Israel and there is still a nation, a real nation of Israel who look like the people of the book. Do it, O King. Not for mine, but for your glory we ask this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints of God, we are, hallelujah, preparing to celebrate Passover, amen, in a couple of weeks. And with that being said, I thought that it would be fitting and important for us to review the holy day of Passover in our scriptures again. Hallelujah. Brothers, y'all did an awesome job, Brother Corn, Brother Josh. Appreciate y'all so much. Hallelujah. Anointing is upon y'all hands. Amen. And may God bless you for blessing his people. Amen. One of the first accounts of Passover in our text, amen, is in the book of Exodus. And it starts out in chapter 11, and so that's where we're going to be. We're going to have three points in uh, this morning's message. Hopefully we can get through it all. But we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about the history of Passover, the keeping of Passover, and the memorial of Passover. And that's our three points. That's our little roadmap. I'm hoping that we can get through it all. Amen. But we'll see how the Spirit leads us. Let's begin with our first point of this morning. Amen. The history of Passover. We pick up our story of chapter 11. The Hebrews are still in Egypt. Right? This is the context. But God has already issued out the command, the decree to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. He told him, let my people go. Right? And that wasn't a question. All right? That was a command. All right? So because Pharaoh did not let God's people go, God began to execute upon Egypt plagues. Where we are in this particular context, we are done with nine plagues. Nine of the ten plagues have been executed upon Egypt. And God tells us in our text, chapter 11, Deacon Carl, he says, I got one left. All right? Look at your neighbor and say, I got one left. All right? And that's what God said to Moses to tell Pharaoh. Amen. And how many people know that God usually saves the best for last? Anybody hear me up in here? He's real strategic. Amen. Hallelujah. He's not like us where we give it our best shot first. Now, nah, God saves his best for last. All right? And so 
hallelujah, glory to God, uh, uh, they didn't really uh, take heed to the other nine plagues, so there's one more that's coming. Amen, Deacon Malville, hallelujah. And so he tells Israel and the Hebrews, he tells them to borrow, all right, all right, to borrow silver and gold, all right. Now, you got to check it. He didn't tell them to buy, borrow money. He didn't tell them to buy, borrow dollars. He didn't tell them to borrow the Egyptian currency that day. He told them to borrow what? Silver and gold. All right? This is important. Huh? Because when you leave Egypt, you got to take things which are inherently valuable no matter where you go. You can't take, th take things that's only valuable in Egypt. All right? When you leave Egypt, you can't take things that's only valuable in Egypt, all right? So he told them to take, to borrow what? Silver and gold, all right? All right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so we see here that the Egyptians acquiesce. They give the Hebrews their silver jewelry, their gold jewelry, and we know why. Because God had gave favor to the people. Whenever it's your time, a God, to go, all right, God will give you favor, all right? He'll open doors for you. He'll make it your season, all right? And when a man or a woman ways please the Lord, he make it even your enemies to be at peace with you. People that used to want to hurt you, used to want to harm you, amen, God changes their heart towards you, amen? And we see now Pharaoh is still mad at Israel, but the people, the Egyptians, huh? They love the people, favor the people. So much that when the people go to borrow, huh? They give to the people. Who knows if before this shift, if Israel could go and borrow anything? Israel would probably go to the Bank of Egypt and they would say, what neighborhood you live in? No, you can't borrow living in this neighborhood. Huh? They'd probably go to the, hallelujah, uh, the mortgage company in Egypt. No, you can't buy this house. That's too much money for you. Huh? But when a shift happens, huh? Anybody hear me up in here? <coughs> when God changes something in the atmosphere, the things you couldn't do yesterday you're going to be able to do today. <clears throat> Anybody hear me up in here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, hallelujah. Yeah, the seasons are changing, so my allergies are too. Amen. But it's all right. I'll take an allergy for a new season. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. And so, so, so Israel begins to borrow. Now, check this out. On the borrow of silver and gold, Henry Morris says this. He says, the borrowing was the large way of requiring the Egyptians to pay Israel for the slave labor. Come on. Come on. Oh, y'all never heard me up in here. All right. <clears throat> this was the large way of requiring the Egyptians uh, to pay for the Hebrew slave labor. <clears throat> we would call that something else today. We would call it reparations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. The spas that Israel borrow are to be regarded as back wages. Or we would call it back pay. Huh? Compensation for what? For oppression. Y'all ain't ready up in here. 
Y'all ain't ready up in here. You don't know what time it is. The very same thing that happened in the first exodus is happening right now in the second exodus that is about to begin. Woo! Now, I could just see them going to the Egyptians and saying, listen, you're going to have to pay us back. You're going to have to give us reparations. I could see Pharaoh laughing at them, Brother Bruce saw them as laughing, reparations. <laughs> what? But how many people know that what God has for you is for you? Anybody hear me? What he has for you is for you. Anybody hear me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Grace. You're a blessing, Perry. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah, what we see here is that, hallelujah, God allowed his people to be put in slavery in Egypt, but Egypt was going to have to pay for the free labor, labor of the slavery, whether they wanted to or not. <clears throat> it's not on them whether we get our reparations back or not. not. You understand? Who owned the cattle on a thousand hills? Who is the law? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to increase some of y'all faith. Y'all looking at Congress. Y'all looking at the president. Listen, I don't care who win the next election. It don't matter who is in Congress. Don't matter who is in the Supreme Court. Let me tell you, my God sits on the circles of the earth. He is the king of kings and the Lord of law. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were going to pay reparations whether they wanted to or not. They would either do it willingly or unwillingly. So before they left, God told his people, go out and borrow some things. Borrow some things, all right? And that's what he did. Now, <clears throat> wouldn't that be amazing? Let me just prophesy for a second. If 10, 15, 20 years from now, huh? the Hebrews, we are awakening even more. We becoming the head and not the tail, above and not beneath the lenders and not the borrowers. And everybody in here, credit is straight. All of our bank accounts are fat. Anybody hear me up in here? Not because of you, but because of the God that's on the inside of you. Anybody hear me up in here? You see, when is your season, you can't help but to bloom. The flower can't tell God no. Anybody hear me up in here? It's got to bloom. And in your life, when it's your season, you're going to bloom, baby. Now, I want you to imagine us 10, 15, 20 years from now. Huh? And God gives us a command, I want y'all out. Anybody hear me up in here? Yeah. What happens when God wants you out? Huh? Huh? When God wants you out, it don't matter if you want to stay. When God wants you out, it don't matter if the people that want you uh, around you want you in and want you to stay. When God wants you out, you've got to come out. Anybody hear me up in here? It reminds me of a woman with child. Huh? 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 Come on, Tessa, let's talk about it. Huh? Let me tell you something. It don't matter how scared that woman is because she knows what's set before her. And she done watched too many videos and read too many books about what's about to transpire. And on the night in question, she's not ready for all this. You know, can't we wait till tomorrow? Can't we wait till next week? You know, I ain't did my hair, and I never did my nail, and I had a plan on how I wanted this whole thing to go. And the Bible tells us many are the plans of a man's heart. Anybody hear me up in here? When God wants that baby out, oh, 
that baby's coming out. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. The whole body is going to contract until that baby come out. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. Listen to me good. America's about to give birth. She about to give birth to a nation. Anybody hear me up in here? It's a new nation, but it also is a, a old nation. <laughs> a nation that's been alive before America, but America about to give birth to something that's older than her. Kind of remind me of Mary when, hallelujah, God, God say, hallelujah, hey God, hallelujah, Mary gonna have the son of the highest. Hallelujah. How can the son predate the mama? Woo! Huh? How can the nation that America about to give birth to predate America herself? Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. An old nation, an, an ancient nation, a nation of the Hebrews. And whether we like it or not, we want it or not, the birthing is taking place and is going to take place. But I digress. Wouldn't that be some 10, 15, 20 years from now? We get all our stuff together. We on point. Some of y'all up in here have got three full businesses. Got two, three houses. Got a summer house and a winter house. Huh? And it's not just you, but the church done been blessed too. Because you put your summer house where there's a Philadelphia, but your winter house has a Philadelphia around the corner too. A Denver, a Philadelphia, Denver. Huh? Got black people on the slopes. Come on, John, you got to see yourself, baby. I don't even know if I'm doing it right because uh, I'm black. You see, but, but everybody doing good, Kip, and everybody just blessed. And God sound the alarm clock. It's time to go. Wouldn't that be something if God say, all right, all of y'all go in borrow. Some of y'all gonna be able to get 500. Some of y'all gonna get a million. Some of y'all gonna get 3 million. Some of y'all big balls, Miss Denise, walk up in there and get 15 million. That's what Miss Denise gonna do, throw it on you. And we just hear a word from God, go borrow. And so we go borrow, and then right after we borrow, huh? Because no man know the hour, the season, the time. As we go borrow, we got, we got, look, we got 15 million in a brown paper bag. <laughs> y'all know y'all hood. Grease still on the bag from the burger earlier. Don't worry about that, Jesus. Don't worry about that. And with all that liquidity, with all that cash, he said, go. Amen. And we land home, paid. You understand what I'm saying? And we get off the boat, we get off the plane, huh? With all that cash. I know what Felton gonna do. Felton gonna take his cash, he gonna go. His legs gonna move, you know. He gonna make it rain. Building houses and cities and manufacturing plants and making our own cars and 
our own products and our own equipment and got our own mayors and city councilmen and own court system and own presidents, own prime ministers and own schools and school systems where it's all right to talk about God in school, where it's all right to break out your Bible because your buyer got a Bible course, have our own stuff. That's going to glorify the most high God. God told the people, while they were in Egypt, he said, borrow. And you might not understand what I'm doing, but I'm telling you to borrow because this is really your back pay. Hey, God, it's really your back pay. You know they owe you, and they know they owe you, but they don't want to pay you. So I am going to jack them to make them pay what they should be paying. I am going to spoil the Egyptians. You see, hey, God, some, hey, God, hey, God, some time is going to take God jacking your enemy. Hey, come on, come on, somebody. Come on, come on, pastor. Come on, pastor. That's what that means, a spoil. A spoil mean that I was victorious over you and now what used to belong to you belongs to me. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the right. Oh, y'all ain't ready up in here. I'm just, come on, pastor, keep on going. This is too, listen, I'm telling you right here. He tell them to go and borrow. What happens when God wants you out? You see? Let's look at God's plan here in chapter 11, verse 4 and verse 7. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, we can't leave before God wants us to. And we can't leave after. And when he decides that, we all going to know that it's right. You see? Because the mama with child, when she goes on the table, she said, I'm not ready. But after them contractions... After that pain, listen, I'm not telling you something I heard. I'm telling you something I know. I was right on the side of her, looking in my eyes saying, get it out of me. And I'm not going to say which child it was, but it just. There's no time for names. It's get it out of me. No time for genders. You see what I'm saying? When God wants you out. All right? But as we look at 11 and 4, and Moses said, Thus said Yahweh, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. Now I want you to pay attention. Midnight, hallelujah, is usually in the scripture a sign of judgment. So God is about to judge Israel. Then God says, I will go. All right? And so we have to understand that it's God that's doing this dirty work. A lot of people think that, hallelujah, God is all just peaches and cream, strawberry shakes and Oreo slushes and smoothies, whatever. I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go. But, but, but God is, God will hurt you. All right? God will hurt you. And so God says, at midnight, I will go. All right? And some people say it's the angel of death and in the scriptures is the angel. But whether the angel is going for God, he's the representative of God. He's going with God's power, God's authority, God's judgment. And so God is saying, I'm going to go, all right? Either personally or I'm going to send my, my, my ambassador, which is the angel of death. Huh? And how many people know it could have been both? It could have been God walking through that, telling the angel, you understand what I'm saying? What's going on? And so God says, I will go huh? uh, uh, through in, into the midst of Egypt. Look at verse 5. God says this, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh, all right, 
that sitteth upon the throne, even unto the firstborn and the maidservant that is behind the meal. God is going to have a universal judgment on, on Egypt. All right? Now, we saw that Egypt began to favor Israel. All right? But their leadership is still oppressing us. God is about to judge the whole nation. The whole nation. Everybody in it is going to be a universal, exhaustive judgment. The rich, Pharaoh's house, all the way to the poor, the lowest slave that's in Egypt. God's going to do that because of the wickedness of the government. Y'all ain't hearing me up in here. God holds the peoples of a nation responsible for the wickedness of their government. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Because a lot of people like to say, it ain't me. But you voted them in office. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what God is about to do. It's going to be a universal judgment, an exhaustive judgment, and all the firstborn are going to die, all right, in Egypt. Now, there's a problem here in the text. Because Israel is also in Egypt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's saying, I'm going to destroy everything. I'm killing all the firstborn that's in Egypt. Where's Israel? In Egypt. Yeah, they're in Goshen, but Goshen is in Egypt. All right? All right? If he say, I'm, I'm coming through America, and you say, but I'm in California, but California is in America. All right? So there's a problem. God has a, God has a universal, exhaustive judgment that's coming through, but his people is in the midst of the land that he's about to judge. All right, all right. In verse 7, huh? God's going to make a provision for his people. All right, all right. Let's see. Let's go to 6 first. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it anymore. God says in Egypt, it's going to be a great cry. It's never happened before, and it's not going to happen again. And that particular geographic location of Egypt located in uh, northern Africa. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast that you may know how Yahweh doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. So God says, I'm going to universally judge Egypt, but I'm going to make a difference between Israel and Egypt. All right? God says, I'm going to provide a way for judgment to pass over my people. Anybody hear me up in here? God said every other family is going to get judged, but a dog is not going to be able to lick my people during this time. A dog will not be able to lick my people during this time. That's like you, it, it, God, it, it's the Passover time and, and you've obeyed God, huh? Your dog going to look at you and say, you think I'm crazy? I ain't licking your hand. All right? Other translations say a dog will not bark at God's people. You walking down the street or somewhere you're not supposed to be or, or around neighbor, the dog that used to bark at you every morning, the neighbor dog, the one that you despise, you come out there, you walk out. During Passover time in Egypt, God said dogs ain't going to even bark at my people. The dog going to look at you and all right. <laughs> you know? He said, they're not going to lick you. They're not going to bark at you. One translation said, they're not going to growl at you. You could pet a pit bull on cayenne pepper. 
God said, during this time, miraculously, judgment going to be on every other person in Egypt, but my people, not even a dog going to lick them, growl at them, or bark at them. You see? Uh, this is what God's saying to his people. And he says, that you may know that the Lord put a what? Put a difference between Egyptian, the Egyptians and Israel. And listen, it's God's prerogative to put difference where he want to put difference. Anybody hear me up in here? It's his prerogative. They got mad, a God, at the parable that Jesus would tell them where, where, where some of them came early in the day and got paid a penny and others came late in the day and got paid a penny. And people got mad. They said, man, I work more hours. I should have got paid more. And Jesus looked at the boys and said, man, the Lord said, man, hey, cannot, do not I have the right to do with what I own, what I want to do? No, I didn't say that that smoothly, but y'all hear what I'm saying. I have the right to do what I want to do with that which is my own. And we all belong to God. Every soul is his. And so if God want to make a difference, that's not up to you to question God. You just be happy that you under the favored part of the different people. Anybody hear me up in here? And that's what God's going to do. Now you got to understand that, hallelujah, we can get in the favored group with God. All right? All right? You can get in it. Because you had some Egyptians during this time listening to everything Moses said. Everything. Moses had gained so much favor. Pharaoh wasn't listening, but the mother folk were listening. Okay, the river about to turn red. Okay, everybody, y'all hold on to y'all water. Don't drink nothing. It's going to be three dog day. Everybody, stay put. You had some Egyptians who were sympathizing with the Hebrew cause. You see? Listen to me right here. Listen to me good. God does make a difference, but you got a choice which side you're going to fall on. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? All right? So he makes a difference. Look at verse 9. Come on. Y'all still up out there? He says, and Yahweh said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So, hallelujah, Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, look, I'm coming through. And I'm killing all the firstborn, all right? Let my people go. God tells Moses straight up, he said, listen, Pharaoh is not going to listen. He's not going to let Israel go. At the conference this week, amen, T.D. Jake said something, Bishop said something so profound. He said, the consciousness of them that created the problem cannot solve the problem. You already know where we was at the conference. You already know what we was talking about. We were talking about us. And I'm about to be posting some video from the conference. Them people was, they were, they were talking like we talk up in here. Anybody hear me up in here? I mean, listen, listen, I done been to conferences before. All right, this ain't my first one. You see, the leadership conference. I've never heard them talk like this before. Never. Ever. Ever. I say, Lord, they blacker than me. I say, wow. But you can, if you're not careful, you, you, you could not know that you're a pioneer. 
And you could be looking behind you and wanting to be doing and saying what everybody else saying and doing behind you. But God is saying, I've called you to go forward. I've called you to blaze new terrain and new territory. You're going to have to get comfortable being a pioneer. That's been our prayer since the inception of this church. Not that we would be on the back end of God, but that we would be right behind him. That we would be listening to the, the, to the, to the we would be on the cusp, the precipice of the spirit of the living God. Could we expect anything else since we have such a heavy mantle of prayer upon this place? Since we've been at praying, how long, Brother Carl? Hey, God, since we've been at that old building, man, I'm talking about we've been beseeching heaven, y'all, on a daily basis, y'all. Since somewhere around 2008, 2010, I remember when Miss Suzanne, hallelujah, was up in there praying with Pastor Will. That was our first beginning of the prayer ministry when we were still at my office on Mark Street. Predating the birth of the church, this ministry was all about prayer. So how can we all be all about prayer, all about asking God to lead us, and he don't lead us before people who not praying, churches that's not praying, people that's not seeking, people that's not trying to be right where God is in 2022. What he has done in this place is no surprise. What he has done is only kept his promise and answered our request. Somebody give y'all some praise up in this place. So I go there, me and first lady sitting there, we like, oh God. Something done happened. This ain't like the Orlando conference or the conference that was in Dallas. This ain't, this ain't nothing like that. Baby. <laughs> the consciousness of them that created the problem cannot solve the problem. Pharaoh would not let the people go. He could not solve the problem of slavery or oppression because they had created the problem. You need a new consciousness to solve a problem. A consciousness on the outside, not on the inside. Pastor, what are you saying? Listen to me. The people who put you in slavery can't undo the effects of slavery. Huh? The system that put you in prison can't undo the effects of the prison they put you in. The, the descendants of those who, who segregated you and put you in Jim Crow and oppressed you and lynch you, those people, that consciousness can't solve black people's problems. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for this. This was the first school of the Hebrew message that I preached to you. The very thing he said this week, I told you from the very beginning, that we look into people doing things to solve a problem in us that only God can solve. That food stamp couldn't solve it and, and welfare couldn't solve it and social security couldn't solve it. Nothing that they give us can solve our problems. Why? Because they created the problem that we have. How you gonna solve our drug problem when you put the drug in the neighborhood? How you gonna solve the jail problem when, hallelujah, the mandatory minimums that you're putting down, hallelujah, uh, affect us worse than it affect the other person? You can't help us. Huh? The consciousness that created the problem can't solve the problem. It's gotta come from the outside. The system, the people cannot fix you. 
It has to come from God. So it don't matter who the president is, y'all. It don't matter who the president is. Not for us. Not for us. Not for us. We, sometimes we make our biggest progress when an enemy of us is in office. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. Y'all ain't hearing me up in here. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. We couldn't get a criminal reform bill passed when one of us was in office. When Obama was in office, we couldn't undo the criminal injustices in the system. God passed it during the Trump administration. <laughs> we talked about that this weekend. The person who put the bill together, Van Jones, he was, he, he was part of the conference. He said, we didn't know how, why, what happened. And God made Trump sign it. Thousands of us coming out of jail. Thousands of us. Locked up for life. Three, three strikes, you out. Thousands of us just coming out. It don't matter who is in office. The people getting you all excited. You want to fight. You're racist. You want to beat somebody. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. It don't matter. don't matter who in, in, in the White House, the, the Capitol, the Congress. Listen, God is on the throne. God is on the throne. He about to get him out while Pharaoh is leader of Egypt. Yeah, he about to get him out and give him reparations. <laughs> and Pharaoh is leading the nation, the one who said, throw the babies in the river. And they're about to get everything that they wanted and more while he is in office. What you crying for? What you worried about? Who's your God this morning? Ooh, woo. You see? The reason the consciousness that created the problem cannot solve the problem is because the consciousness that created the problem only sees you one way. That's why they put you in the situation that you was in. They made you a slave because that's the only way they saw you. And you're thinking that they're going to be responsible for freeing you, but the only way they can see you is as a slave. No, 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 no. It wasn't them that did it. It was God who did it. God said, nah, that slavery stuff is over. I'm preparing my people. They done been through enough, suffered enough, paid and requited me enough. Yeah, I'm going to get this done. All right, all right. Listen, so some of them can't see you as presidents, Supreme Court justices, owners, manufacturers, some so bad they can't see you voting. Some so bad they can't see our districts as being majority black. So right now, even as we speak in Louisiana, they redrew the lines. Huh? And that thing looked like scribble scrabble. Because in their mind, we can't vote and create a sustainable political district that's blessed and that's valuable. You see? Why is the consciousness? They can't see us no other way. And it's not all of them, y'all. Just like I told you, in Egypt you had some that was, yeah. It was down. They were like, yeah, y'all wrong. No. God done opened up their heart. 
all right? And we're going to have some down here that, listen, our governor was, he, he vetoed that redistricting. He said, nah, I'm not going for that. No, white man, yeah, he vetoed that. After he vetoed it, what? The Louisiana legislator overruled his veto. Overruled the governor's veto. He said, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. And look, while they're doing all that, we sleeping. You see? But I want to tell you one thing. No weapon formed against you going to prosper. It don't matter how they draw it. They can snake it, break it. They can do whatever they want with it. When God wants you out, you're going to get out. When he wants you to head, you're going to be the head. You see? You see? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so since then, they can't see us a certain way. And when they see it, they can't really believe it. And when they see it, they can't believe it, so they can't receive it. You must have done something wrong to get what you had. <laughs> huh? Huh? And so this is the recipe how God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He was the consciousness that put him in slavery. And that consciousness could not release them out of slavery. He couldn't see them being anything else but slaves. You see? You see? They just couldn't see Israel free. They began to ask the question, what would they do without us? Without our oversight? Without us telling them what to do, what could they do? You see? You see? And that's how America believes most of them about us. But God said in verse 8, he said, after this last one, this last plague, God said, he said, they're going to let you go. They won't want to, but they will have to because your time is up. Huh? Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. I have in my notes, you can't hold on to something when God wants it loosed. You see, they can't keep you in when God wants you out. This is the history of our Passover. We're going to move to our second point right quick. The keeping of Passover. The keeping of Passover. Huh? Somebody say the keeping of Passover. As we talk about the keeping of Passover, y'all, uh, this comes out of chapter 12. That's what it does. And as we look at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12, this is interesting to me. Hallelujah. It says, and Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron, in the land of Egypt, saying, now stop right there. Passover was not given when the law was given. That's deep, y'all. That's deep. The law was given at Sinai. Passover was given in the land of Egypt. This is deep, y'all. You see, because in a lot of ways, when Jesus came, hallelujah, his death, his burial, his resurrection, hallelujah, kind of abrogates a lot of the law. But this, like the tithe, was given before the law. What you're saying, Pastor, is something that God expects his people to learn about and still participate in. Are you with me here so far? Listen to me. I'm tired keeping their holidays. I don't know nothing about Patrick, and I don't know if he was a saint. I don't want to keep that no more. 
understand what I'm saying? And look, I love my wife. I don't need Valentine to tell me I love my wife. I love my wife. Every day is Valentine. I don't even want to say it. Every day is love day. We, I love you. You want some sugar now? You want some sugar right now? I get some sugar right now. On sight. Listen to me. I'm just tired of keeping their holy days. It's just something in me that's just, you know, I'm just, I'm done with that, man. Like, we celebrating stuff that have nothing to do with us. It's not our history. We don't feel right doing it. We don't look right doing it. You understand what I'm saying? Big black man in a Cupid outfit. Boy, you don't look right, though. Stop tripping, though. All right? And listen, I love popping firecrackers. I do. Listen, I really do. But that ain't my independence I'm celebrating, though. Anybody hear me up in here? We were still a slave, slaves from 50, 60 years after that, man. So whose independence am I really celebrating? Man, let me teach you all about our independence day. All right? What we have to understand is that Passover is a new beginning for Israel, for us. See, the Bible commentators uh, 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 say this. I think it's J. Vernon McGee. Uh, um, he says, uh, let me see, get my glasses back on. He says, when Israel entered Egypt, it was a family. Because he brought Jacob down there. And Jacob brought his sons. And it was like 70 souls, but they were just a family. When, 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 when we went to Egypt, we was a family. When we came out, we was a nation. You understand what I'm saying? Independence Day celebrates America becoming a nation. Passover is a celebration of Israel becoming a nation. This is our Independence Day. This is the birth of our nation. This is why we're supposed to keep it. Why are we supposed to keep it? It's our Independence Day. It's when we go from family to nation. You see? And, and Passover represents a new beginning for Israel. You see, we're coming out different. We was, we was forged in the, in the iron furnace of Egypt. You see? And it's something about our people. Huh? We do our best in the fire. It's something about our people. Huh? Pain get the best out of us. Something about our people. When we're doing too good, we forget who done blessed us. But when we're going through oppression, just read the book of Judges. When we're going through oppression, when we're going through, hey, God, uh, 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 just injustices, huh? It brings the best out of us. And so we went to, through Egypt the first time, and God brought out a, a mighty nation, marching in step. Huh? They say numbers say some six million of us, y'all. Anybody hear me up in here? He put us in the iron furnace again, y'all. Huh? Put us in there again. Because we had lost our way. And on that dollar bill, it show you where you are. That obelisk in Washington, D.C. shows you where you are. You in just Egypt again. But we're not coming out six million this time. We're coming out 50 million this time. Anybody hear me up in here? We're coming out. Ooh, my God. And, and coming out 
a nation. Coming out a nation. He's forging a nation. Let me prophesy to you. Peek in the oven. Turn the light on in the oven and peek into the oven of America. A nation is coming together. A nation is coming together. He's put all the ingredients in. Hallelujah. And he's cooking us good. Huh? Look at your neighbor and say, we almost done. Ooh, come on, give God some praise up in here. This is our Independence Day, all right? And God tells him in verse 2 of 12, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year. And so God says, listen, I'm bringing you out, and Passover is going to be your Independence Day. Let's make this the first month of the year for you. We're going to call this Abib. Somebody say Abib. It's A-B-I-B, Abib. That's the first month of the Hebrew calendar according to the book of Exodus. Now, when we went to Babylon and got all confused and mixed up, they called the first month in some calendars Nisan, all right? Not Maxima, huh? But, but, but just, just Nisan, just, just Nisan. You know what I'm saying? That's how you're going to remember it, all right? And so it's either Abib or Nisan, but that's the first month. And Passover is in the first month. Of the calendar. Now, our calendar is pretty, pretty in-depth. It's pretty confusing, huh? There's some first, there's some beginning of the years throughout the year, if I could say it, all right? Uh, we celebrate Abib as the beginning of the year of our nation. There is also Tishri, which is the beginning of creation that's celebrated as well. Our calendar keeps track when God said, Hallelujah, let there be light. Anybody hear me up in here? And so there is a, a first beginning uh, a celebration for the beginning of creation as well. And so our calendar is pretty complex, but for this lesson's purposes, I believe is the month that Passover is in. So let's continue. Y'all still up out there? Yeah. All right, verse 3. He says, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day, which day? Tenth day of the month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. A lamb for a house. All right? All right? Look at your other neighbor and say, get a lamb ready. All right? The first month of Abib, he told them on the tenth day of that month to get a lamb. On the tenth day. All right? On the tenth day. All right? You got to get a lamb ready. All right. Now, Passover is on the 14th. Watch this, Mr. Sam. But he say, get the lamb ready on the 10th. Mm. <laughs> Take him out of the general population. Separate him. Huh? Give him, hallelujah, uh, let, him, let, him, let him be separated, prepared, and have purpose. Mm. <laughs> separated, prepared, and with a purpose. You take that lamb and you put him on the side. It's going to be a special lamb. Not like the rest of them. All right? What you need to understand that God, throughout the Bible, calls men sheep and lambs. All right? In our Bible, a lamb, a sheep, is a typology of a man. All right? And the Bible tells us in 
Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. Ooh, God, we getting in the spirit right here. God said, get a lamb ready. Huh? In the spirit, he's saying, get a man ready. Ooh, anybody hear me up in him? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. He always, hallelujah, compares us to sheep. That's why David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. You see what I'm saying? Huh? 119, 176. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Anybody hear me? You see, you see, get a get a lamb ready. Get a get a man ready. But let's go back. Let's go back to, to Exodus. Let's go back to Exodus. Now, this couldn't be any kind of sheep. All right? All right. Verse 5 tells us in 12, it says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Yeah, it had to be a lamb, but it had to be a, a special lamb. That without blemish in the Hebrew is tamim, which means that it had no defects, nothing wrong with it. A perfect lamb, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, completely pure. When you look at it, one leg not longer than another. When you look at it, all the coat is one color. When you look at it, lamb ain't got glasses on, huh? No bifocals. Anybody hear me up in here? The lamb had to be without what? Without blemish. Now let's bring it in the spiritual. God said, prepare a man. Anybody hear me up in here? Huh? But it can't be just any man. It's got to be a man without blemish. It's got to be a man that's holy, harmless, and undefiled. It's got to be a man reviled, but that's not reviled back. It's got to be a man who in all points was tempted like us, but yet without sin. Anybody hear what I'm talking about? God told his people, prepare a lamb. All right? And that lamb is Jesus. That Passover is not only our Independence Day, it's a foreshadowing of our salvation that will come thousands of years later. Moses was writing about a lamb, a God, that would be a way for his people to be passed over in judgment. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for this. And let me tell you, that lamb was prepared a long time ago. The Bible calls Jesus in Revelation 13, 8, that he is the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the earth, of the world. Huh? Separated from the very beginning with purpose. Huh? Huh? Hallelujah. Separated with, 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 with purpose and prepared. Huh? This is Jesus, y'all. This is Jesus. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's not get too excited. Look at verse 6. And ye shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. All right? Now, now I don't know about y'all, but, but what would happen is, uh, Deacon Eshelanda, they would, they, would, they would separate the lamb. Pure. One of the best ones out of the flock. The best one. Oh, God, I'm talking about Jesus. Every, I'm not even trying to talk about Jesus. The very best one of the flock was separated. All right? Usually the Hebrew family would assign somebody to keep that sheep. Watch over it. Why? You don't want nothing to happen to it. 
Because if a blemish comes upon it, it breaks his leg, a dog bite it, huh? Hit the eye, now it blinded one eye. Hey, God, it can't be the unblemished lamb no more. So usually a family member would keep that precious sheep, would keep it. Could you imagine having to keep a sheep close to you for four days? Could you imagine the bond that would take place? Oh, God, I couldn't bring that sheep home. Grace would name that little sheep. She'd be calling him Lammy and, and, and 23, and, and she'd, just be, just, she'd just put a name on the sheep. I come in the room, Lammy in bed. Get out of here, Lammy. I'm fussing at Grace. Now, you can't wait four days, but, but Grace is an animal lover. She's she a horse whisperer and a dog petter. Anyway, just... just So could you imagine a family keeping that lamb? Look, four days, you got to separate it, feed it. You got everything got to be right. A, a bond and attachment would ensue, all right? The lamb would be special to you, precious to you. It represents the best you have, and your heart would be attached. In the same verse, verse 6, and ye shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And could you imagine that? Huh? You wouldn't be able to look in the face of that keeper of the sheep, of, of the family. Because when that lamb would die, there would be an attachment. It would mean a lot. You see? They shall look upon me who, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn. You see? You see? That lamb is Jesus. And, 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 and the father not only prepared him, but had to kill him. All right? Why, pastor? Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. All right? The wages of our, of our sin is what? Is death. Huh? All right? Now let me bring you across back over to Egypt again. He's coming through to judge Egypt. All right? God can judge the earth anytime he wants to. Anytime. Anytime. Why? Because there's always some sin to judge. Don't matter tornado, tsunami, don't you dare get mad at God. They, every, every single thing that happens, every person that passes away deserved it. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Don't you ever act like we innocent in the sight of God. Don't you ever bust, bust up, raise your hand. Why, God, innocent people? Ain't nobody innocent. Nobody innocent. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, bring me to Egypt, pastor. He coming through to judge sin. All right? It's a universal and it's an exhaustive judgment. Huh? What's the problem with that? Everybody in Egypt are sinners. Everybody. And so everybody deserves death. The only way he could differentiate from one group to another is to cover one group's sin. Because they're all sinners, but God has made a way to cover sin. It's the blood that covers sin. Anybody hear me up in here? 
It would be like God walk up in this room and he say, I got some work to do up in here. And I'm coming for sinners. All right? Now, hopefully the majority of us are what? Covered. Anybody hear me up in here? Saved and covered. Because when you're saved and you're covered by the blood, anybody hear me up in here? God walking through, but he can't see you. It's like that old movie, The Predator. Huh? The predator couldn't see him when they was covered with what? With mud. And the ball up in there rolling in the mud and all that. Boy, you're crazy what you're doing. No, you don't understand. If I don't have this mud on me, he can see me. And if he see me, he gonna kill me. Anybody hear me up in here? Listen to me. God is coming through Egypt. And it ain't mud he looking for. If you don't have the blood on you, you in trouble. Anybody hear me up in here? They had to kill the lamb for the blood. The lamb represents what we call a substitutionary death. All right? It's when somebody dies in your place. Sambud, I think I put that up there. It's a substitutionary death. Huh? You deserve death, but somebody takes your place. Uh, in, in seminary, we call it a substitutionary atonement. Now, now, a simpler way of saying it is the word sacrifice. You see? Come on, son, boom. Sacrifice. What that means is you deserve it, you're about to get it, but somebody else sacrificed themselves so you could keep going. In the book of Exodus, God was saying, I am going to sacrifice that lamb to cover you so that when I come through, I won't hurt you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now bring that to the gospel. Huh? Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the earth and the sins of the world. And, and when you get saved and call upon God and say, God save me, I believe in Jesus, he takes the blood of Jesus and he puts the blood on you. He covers you. So that when on judgment day, when God come through and deal with all the sinners, you a sinner too, but you're covered. You understand what I'm saying? And when you're covered by the blood, God got to pass over you. Anybody hear me up in here? That's the power of the blood. He was preaching Jesus thousands of years before Jesus was ever born in the natural the Passover represents our independence, but it is also a specific, specific picture, typology of the gospel that would be preached and save our souls later. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. All right, all right. Let's go to seven. Y'all still up? And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the house wherein they shall eat it. God gave us, Israel, some instructions. Kill the precious lamb, take the blood, and put it on the doorpost. The two sides and the top one, all right? The door of a house is the threshold of a house is where the family of that house goes in and out, all right? That threshold not only sees everybody that's part of that family, but even when you're coming in with the groceries or y'all cutting up by the door, that threshold rubs against everybody in that family. 
That's why every now and then when you know you need to remodel that house and you look at that door, you're like, I thought we just painted that door. All right? And that door, the paint is all worn and run. Why? Because you're going in and out of the threshold. God is saying, I want my blood on that threshold. So that as your family walk in and out of there, that blood covers them. Woo! That blood marks them. See, some people thought the blood was to mark the house, but the blood was to mark the family. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It's not about houses for God. It's about souls for God. It's about people for God. God is not about houses. The blood marks the family. The blood was for the souls. The blood was for the people. And still today, the blood is not for buildings, no, y'all. Jesus didn't die for buildings, and Jesus didn't die for houses. Jesus died for men and women. Jesus died for sinners like me and like you. Anybody hear me up in here? The blood is a marker, huh? It let God know, huh, that you're covered. Now, let me tell you something right quick. Come on, y'all still up? Come on, we, we, we into this. We talking about our holiday, y'all. You done heard about Christmas all your life, all right? You should be all Christmas out. You know about Santa Claus, Saint Nick, you know about all that. Jack Frost, you know about all that. But do you know about Passover? Do you know about your holiday? You know about Easter, the Easter bunny, huh? Huh? Chocolate Easter bunnies. Eggs, which ain't got nothing to do with no bunnies. What bunny you saw lay eggs? That's confusion. So why are they all celebrating bunnies and eggs? You could be celebrating Passover. Anybody hear me up here? You could be your holiday, your holy day. Listen, so, so to put the blood on the doorpost huh, uh, 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 in Egypt uh, uh, took faith. It took faith. Because God just told them, I'm coming through. And I, I, I'm killing all the firstborn. And, and Moses come and he said, because they, 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 they saw God put, turn water into blood. They, 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 they saw God three dark days. They saw him hit them with moraine and disease. They saw all of that. They're like, oh, goodness, is this another one? He's going to kill all the firstborn? So they had room enough to believe. And so, so Moses come and he says, listen, I'm going to give you the escape on how to escape the judgment that's coming. Kill a lamb. Take some blood and put it on your doorpost. So wait, 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 Moses, wait. So God going to kill a bunch of people. And you telling me that when I kill Lammy, and Lammy said, on when I kill Lammy and I take Lammy blood with some hyssop and mark my house, that somehow in every house somebody going to die, but because I mark my house, nobody going to die in my house? So you telling me that there's going to be a plague over all of Egypt and it's not going to come to my house because I put something on my door, some blood? Moses, you ain't got a vaccine. You don't have no amoxicillin, penicillin, any kind of selling. You ain't got nothing I could drink, swallow, inject. Because if this thing is going to be moving all across, Listen, a little bit of blood from Lammy ain't going to help us out at all. It took faith. 
It took faith. They had to trust in the promise of God through his servant Moses. It didn't sound like it was going to work. It didn't look like it was going to work. But God said it. We believe it. And that settles it. Anybody hear me up in here? Now let me bring you to the cross. We know that hell is coming. We know that judgment day is coming. We know that many going to be cast into the lake of fire and not everybody going to make it. But our Bible tells us through our main prophet, Yahshua HaMashiach, that if you believe in him, hey God, hallelujah, you shall not perish, but you shall have everlasting life. Our prophet, our king, our priest tells us whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our prophet tells us that what can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So if I take this blood and put it on me, you telling me that everybody going to be punished but me because of the blood of the lamb. Yes, sir. That's what I'm telling you this morning. And the same faith it took for them to put that on their doors and believe that is the same faith it takes for you to put that blood on your soul and believe that Jesus is the answer. But you had some that wouldn't believe, I bet. They had the remedy right in their hands. Put it on your door. Top, two sides, and I'm coming through. And I'm telling you, just like in this place this morning, we got some who done took the necessary steps. We admit, we believe, we confess. But they got some in here, they can't believe it. It's too simple. It's got to be more that I have to do. You see? But God never told them to do more, y'all. He just said, take the blood. Take the blood of lambing and, and, and put it on your door. Huh? And... And hallelujah, uh, uh, when I come through, uh, you will not die. Now, now watch this. Listen, hallelujah, they were not to run out the house. Put the blood, sit down in there, stay still. You see? You ain't going to outrun the angel of death. You ain't going to out-wrestle this angel. You see? Is, 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 is only the blood that's going to get you through. They were not told to open a window and convince the angel of how good of a person they were. I've been in church all my life. Go to my neighbor. She got problems. <laughs> the little boy down the street sell drugs. It, we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't convince the angel of how good a person we are. We just paid the blood. Anybody hear me up in here? Anybody hear me? And, and, and watch this. When they paint the blood, the blood didn't need anything added to it. He didn't say put the blood and a little bit of flour. Put the blood and some, some, some uh, uh, how do you make that gravy bit? Kitchen bouquet. Yeah, he didn't say mix that with that kitchen bouquet. They was only supposed to put what? The blood. You don't add nothing to it. You don't take nothing away from it. Just the blood. Listen, 
This is the same way the blood of Jesus works today. We don't trust in ourselves. We don't try to convince God I'm good enough for you to save me. We don't add nothing to the cross of Calvary. All we do is trust in the blood. We may not understand it, but we know if God promised us that God is not a man that he should lie. And he told us if you was under the blood, though your sins be red as scarlet, that blood or washing white as snow. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. <laughs> Hallelujah. There were two sisters, huh? Two sisters, two Hebrew ladies, huh? And the Hebrew legend says this. They say that, hallelujah, one stood ready, huh, for Passover. And we're going to talk about this as I'm wrapping up the things that they, they say. And then we're going to get out of here right quick. One stood ready, dressed just like Moses told him. Put blood on her door just like Moses told him. But the other one in the same house, she was walking about nervous and anxious. You know, uh, um, the good sister was just sitting down there chilling, eating lamb and just, you know, doing what she was supposed to do. All right. The, the, the nervous sister looking, she, she got mad at the, 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 the other sister. She said, well, how could you sit there so calm, not worried? Don't you know that death is on the outside of here? Don't you still hear the people screaming as they're waking up, dead children in the beds? Death is out there. How could you be eating? How could you not be nervous? How could you not think that death is not going to come get us in this place? See? I guess the good sister looked up. She said, sister, it's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. Huh? He told us that if we put the blood out there, that he's going to pass over us. And we have no right to doubt God's word. She said, I would only be uneasy like you if for some reason I didn't trust in the blood. Woo! If you're uneasy about death or judgment, huh? Huh? Ask yourself, do I really trust in the blood? Huh? Because when you trust in the blood, you ain't worried about life, you ain't worried about death. You ain't worried about judgment. You ain't worried about hell because you trust that God done told you that the blood of Jesus is going to get you in where your sins would nonetheless leave you out. How many people trust in the blood this morning? Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. You see? Okay, go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. We're going to read a little bit and then we're going to get out of here. All right? Hallelujah. And so he tells them to put it on the doorpost. Amen. In verse 8, he tells them, then they got to eat the lamb. All right? And they got to roast it with fire. What he's saying is you got to barbecue that baby. You understand what I mean? You got to barbecue it. Here Grace says, oh, lamby, lamby. Yeah, lamb chop. We got to barbecue lamb. All right? We got to barbecue him. I would say roast him with fire. Now, for y'all cooks out there, watch this now, watch this. Hallelujah. My law, where my, no, my law not there. Because they're here, though. Hallelujah, because they cook. All right. He don't want us to smother it because y'all like to make a gravy. He don't want us to boil it. And some of y'all ladies that like to cook and do other things, he don't want you to slow cook it. Huh? Get that man that lamb and let that man do what? Barbecue that lamb. Huh? Huh? No gravy, no gravy, no gravy. 
No gravy. And he tell him, he said, he say, you got to cook it good. You can't be cooking that like them people raw on the inside. Ping, 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 ping. No, 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 no. No blood left over in that. You got to cook it. Look at your neighbor and say, cook it good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the Passover lamb. We don't want to hit, hit lamby with our fork and lamby still goes, eh. We, it's got to be. Y'all done picked up too many ways in Egypt. Yeah. All right, y'all laughing. All right. He said, you got to eat the lamb. Fully dressed. Shoes on your feet. Staff in your hand. Huh? Because you're about to go. You're about to go. He said, he say, I'm, about to, I'm, about to, I'm about to listen. When God wants you out, he, you're about to go. You got to eat that lamb fully dressed. So we pick up, we wrap it up. Picking up in verse 12. All right. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am Yahweh. And the blood, somebody say the blood. The blood, the blood shall be to you for a token. A token is a sign, a signal, a marker, evidence, proof. Huh? Proof upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, somebody say the blood. God say, when I see the blood, blood, I will pass over you. I'm not going to judge you. Nobody going to die in your house. And it won't be no judgment. I know you're a sinner too, but you're covered. When I see the blood, I'm going to pass over. Huh? Huh? I don't forgot where I was. Hold on, yo. It's coming. Where I'm at? Verse 13? Yeah, when I see the blood, they say, Pastor, just look up on the screen. I won't see it right here. I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over. That word in the Hebrew means to hop over, skip over, leap over. Some even say that God, when he see the blood, he's going to dance over. Because he's going to be happy, hallelujah, to spare you. Hallelujah. God's going to pass over. All right. We're going to get back to this on next Sunday and talk a little bit more about our Passover. We talked about, hallelujah, uh, the history of it. Now we're talking about the keeping of it. I'm going to just stop at this place right here. We're going to pick up next Sunday, hallelujah, and talk about, hallelujah, some of the specifics of the holiday, hallelujah. Ah. Corey, just hit me with a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay. Because we're getting close to it. I need you to understand some things about it. It's a seven-day holiday. Sambu, help me out. It's a seven-day holiday. All right? First day, you're supposed to put all leaven out of your house. What's leaven, Pastor? All yeast. Any bread that's been read, we raised, we go in, we take all the bread on that first day of Passover, and we throw all of that away. Pastor, my cake? Yeah, you cake. <laughs> what about my cookies, you cookies? Anything that's got flour, that's been raised, that's got yeast in it, you throw it all away. Because leaven or yeast is a typology of sin. 
of sin. And for Passover, God said, I'm putting the blood on you, but I need you to do something for me. I need you to rid your house of sin. I know you're a sinner, but do the best you can. Ooh, I'm going to cover you, but you strive for holiness. Hey, God, anybody hear me up in here? So the only bread that the Hebrews ate during Passover, the seven-day feast, huh, was unleavened bread. That's why Passover can also be called the Feast of Unleavened Bread because within Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's us just taking all the bread out of our house and we eat the little flat bread. Anybody been to Zia's before? All right, y'all know the little flat bread I'm talking about. All right, no, you can't fix your sandwich like you used to. That jelly just gonna slide off of that. So it's seven days. Hurry up, Pastor. Seven days, no leaven in the homes. What you got next? What you got next? First and the seventh day are holy days. Is it the first day of Passover is a feast. Huh? You got lambing, you got unleavened bread, and you got bitter herbs. The bitterness represents the bitterness of oppression and slavery. The bitterness of disobeying God. All right? And we eat together on the first day. And I say together, but it's in every home. All right? So you get your lamb, you get your, your, your bitter herbs, your unleavened bread, and you eat with your family. You see? Go to the next one. What else we got? Hallelujah. Do I have anything else? No, nope, Pastor, that's it. That, they put an X up there for me. Y'all saw that? Hallelujah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the way we keep Passover, all right? So listen, my time is up. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here, amen? All right. All right. And so I'm going to come up next week, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it. But I want you to be prepared in your heart. And, and let, me, let me tell you this. We're going to celebrate it, but we're not going to do it right this year, no. But every year we're going to get better with it, all right? I don't know about you, but I plan on getting some for my family. Now, now we're not going to be specific, and I'm going to go through it. Huh? I don't want nobody having no lamb outside their house, tied to their front yard. And, you know, They're going to pick you up. They're gonna, Isaac, they're going to pick you up. I don't want to pass these lamb out there. I'm going to come put a lamb in my truck. But wouldn't that be great to just go to the store and, and, and get a lamb? Because we, we're going to do the best we can this year. And every year we're going to get better with it. Anybody hear me up in here? Huh? And on, and on the evening, huh, the evening, we get together with our family. We sit down with them. We got a little bit of lamb, a little bit of unleavened bread, and some bitter herbs. Some, they usually do parsley dipped in salt water. Or they, they got different things that you can do. All right? And we'll, we'll talk next time, amen, about the memorial of it, but... We need to celebrate our Independence Day. All right? All right? Ushers, ushers, can you open up the gates? Can you open up the gates? Listen, there's no need for me to go deep into the gospel. You've heard the gospel, this whole message. It's the blood and the blood alone that saves us from sin. If the death angel was passing tonight, would you be nervous? 
Would you be worried? Is there any type of doubt in your heart? Am I saved? Am I, am I covered? This morning, I want to bring you to the altar and make sure that we all covered, y'all. Not by our own works, not by opening the window and convincing somebody that we good. No. But by admitting we sinners, believing in Jesus, and confessing him as our Lord. And that same blood that saved them, the blood of a lamb that saved them in Egypt, is the same blood of our lamb, Jesus, that's going to save us today. No fear. No fear. No fear. If you're hearing this message touch you in, in another way, the altar's going to be open. Now, as faith would have it, is the Lord's Supper today. And Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper during Passover. The Lord's Supper is the Passover feast. He's sitting with his disciples and he's teaching them. He said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. I'm laying me. I'm the Lamb of God. It's my blood that gives you deliverance from judgment. It's my body that's broken that you need to feed upon. That's why he says, take this and eat it, all of you. I am your Passover. I am your Passover. You see, as faith would have it, is the Lord's Supper today. So if you're here and you got to get some things right with God before you partake in the Lord's Supper, the altar's going to be here as well. Holy Spirit telling me, get out your way. The altar's open. Come. Come. Hallelujah. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Y'all come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Altar's open. Y'all come. Y'all come. Y'all come. Let's just make sure we covered. Let's make sure we saved. Let's make sure even those of us that saved that we ready to partake in something so deep as the Lord's Supper. I feel that you got it today. I feel that you got it today. I feel like you know what we're doing here. Hallelujah. I'm not alone. Ooh. My God. My God. Ooh. <laughs> He's mine. Come on. Ooh. Hey. Always. Always holds me close. Let's just do that for a little while. Somebody say hallelujah for the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. No, you're not alone. He sent us a lamb of God. He sent us a lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's my. He's my couple. Always. Awesome. Awesome. 
Awesome. Let me pray with him. Let me pray with him. Say, Most High God, it's me, your child, your people. I admit, I'm not perfect, but I heard about the blood. That the blood can cover and wash away all of my imperfections. I want the blood cover me. Cover me. Cover me with your blood. I believe Jesus, Yahshua, you died for me on that cross. You are the lamb. You are the Passover. You died. You were buried. You rose again. Take your blood, Jesus, and wash my soul. Mark my soul so that judgment can pass over. Save me, God. Use me, God. And bless me, God. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to do the Lord's Supper. If you have it with you, you can stay up. If you don't, just go back to your seats and get that, and we're going to do that all together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the first Passover for the church. He's my comfort. Hallelujah. Always. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Always. Hallelujah. 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 He's mine. He's my comfort. He's my comfort. He always, always. Here we go. Take the bread. Take the bread. Put it in your hand. Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, broke the bread and gave thanks to the Father during a Passover meal. He told his disciples, he said, take this, eat it, all of you. This is my body, which is broken for you. He's our substitute. He's the sacrifice that pays for God's mercy to be put upon our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for your body. Thank you, Lamb of God. In Jesus' name, let's eat together. Go ahead and open up the cup as best you can. Don't spill it, don't spill it, don't spill it. Especially if you got a white shirt on, don't spill it. 
he took the cup after supper and he told his disciples, he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. He said, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission, no forgiveness, no passing over of sin. Sin can only be passed over by blood. The same way they took that blood and put it on their house, you've put it on your soul. And this cup represents the blood of Jesus. He told you, I'm giving up every drop of my blood so that judgment can pass over you. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior. God, we thank you for your blood, every drop of it that saved every single one of us. Bless us as we partake in it. In Jesus' name. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our Passover. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray with you, then we're going to go, and then we're going to do the doxology. Hallelujah. And my, my precious daughter going to help me out with that doxology. You going to do something else? You going to do all the blood? All the blood of Jesus? She said she, said she feels like doing all the blood instead. Well, you do the blood then, girl. All right? Let me bless you first, then we're going to go to it. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and bless you with shalom. Shalom, Israel. As you see every flower blossom outside, know that it is your blossoming, your blooming time as well. You are covered. You are covered. And judgment is going to pass over. But goodness and mercy going to follow you all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Be blessed. Love y'all. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My baby want to sing, Oh, the blood. Hallelujah. You got that in Hebrew? You got that in Hebrew? Let's, let's hear that same thing in Hebrew. Let's hear it in Hebrew. Can you do it in Hebrew?
Come on, give y'all some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love y'all. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. Good morning. Thank y'all so much for staying with us. Uh, we'll just have a little chat for the post show, kind of discussing what we took away from Pastor's message on today. It was a good one. We got a history lesson today. Um, he definitely spoke about our people, uh, which is very pertinent to us right now in these times. Uh, talks of reparations and, and all kinds of things are going on for the Hebrews. So he definitely had a, a, a right now rhema word for us in this moment. So we just want to kind of talk about it and see what, what we took away from it, what people kind of learned from this lesson, how we're going to move um, going forward, because he definitely requires us to have some faith in these times with how things are going. So we just want to kind of have a, a few discussions with a few of our members and see what they took away from the message this morning. How are y'all? Good morning. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Do you know the mic? Yes, indeed. I'm Grant August. Um, we're currently living in Youngsville, Louisiana right now. Okay. This is my wife, Natalie. Okay, Mr. Grant and Miss Natalie, thank y'all so much for joining us. So what um, what do y'all take away from the message on this morning? It was a lot. He talked about the Passover. He talked about, um, you know, how we have to kind of position ourselves and all of that. What's one thing that y'all might have, that might have resonated with y'all? The comparison with the New Testament. Okay. The, with the, uh, Yeshua. That was, a, that was wonderful how he made the uh, comparison with the blood. From the sacrifices back in the Old Testament mm -hmm. to where we at right now in the New Testament. Okay. Yeah, I love that that comparison. I, just, I never really uh, looked at it like that. Right, so. right. Yeah, it's definitely something that um, is still happening. You know, it's still mm -hmm. not it's still the word is living. You know, right, it's, right. It's, living it's word. Thousands of years ago, he wrote right. it. You know, and, and he spoke it, and it's still happening today. It's amazing to see how it's you know it's always relevant. It will mm -hmm. never lose its relevance. It's always um, living and moving in society. Exactly. We can see the effects of it on everything that we do right now. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's amazing. Um, I think I was reading how California's talking about reparations, and they're kind of narrowing things down and mm -hmm. getting things together. So it's definitely still moving. Like, you know, exactly. we might not feel the effects all the time, but mm -hmm. the Lord is moving. And like Pastor said, he's going to jack them people to give us, <laughs> give us our stuff, right? Exactly. We're going exactly. to give us ours no exactly. matter what. We'll get it. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, that was definitely a good takeaway. If, Anything else, y'all? Um, resonated with you if we only knew who we was as hebrew people mm. if we only knew because this passover celebration is extremely important for us mm. if that's why i say if we only knew yeah. but we gonna know yeah. we gonna know soon yeah. yes indeed they gonna know who he is yeah so yeah eyes are definitely open and past the center mm -hmm. the conference he went to you know it was completely different from the last one that he went to they mm -hmm. the 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 subject matter is changing. People's mindsets are changing. Exactly. So, you know, if only we knew, but we don't know. You know, the Lord the is doing the 400 years. The 400 years is up. Yes, <laughs> definitely. The 400 years are up yes, and he is indeed. opening our eyes. And we are definitely blessed to have Pastor Omar's teachings. To Because mm -hmm. not everybody is getting this. Not right, everybody is right, getting this, right. this understanding, this revelation. Right, so we right. are definitely blessed to to be here in this moment and like mm -hmm. he said to be pioneers right right yeah to be on the right. front lines and to really be kind of taking the you know taking the helms of this and, mm -hmm. and pushing it forward it's definitely a blessing and a privilege oh yeah see um, people just don't understand the anointing that pastor omar has mm. 
Yes. You really don't get yes. that. And that's what it really says in the Bible that they got a lot of false teachers out there. Yes. But this man got the anointing. Yes. This man got the, yeah. ooh, man, we just just excited to come. Every Sunday we get a chance, and we not if we're not working, we just excited to come. You know? Yeah, then go back home and rewatch. Right, yes. right. Because you can't you can't get everything in one sitting. Exactly. Like you have to go back, watch it again, right, look at right, your notes, right. look at the scripture. You have to meditate on it because it's some exactly. deep stuff. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, it is. We just we just blessed to just be here. Yes, it is, it is a privilege. Oh, thank y'all so thank much. You. Thank y'all. Yeah, that was some good stuff. It's um, it's definitely a, a blessing to see God moving, to see his word really come into life, uh, to know that we are really learning things that are happening in our everyday society. You know, sometimes it's easy to, to, get, to get a good word, but it's not really a word that we need that's in due season, that's in this time. Um, so to just hear Pastor talking about things that are happening and that are relevant to our society and us as Hebrews, Israel, it's amazing. Good morning, good morning. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. My name is Anthony Mouton. Anthony Mouton. Marquita Mouton. Marquita Mouton. Nice to meet you both. Okay, so what did y'all think about today's word? What stood out for me was the, the point of us following our own holidays mm -hmm. instead of the, the holidays that we're accustomed to. That is good. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. We, living in America, you know, we follow all of the traditions. We do all of that good stuff. Independence Day, like Pastor said, we like to pop firecrackers and all of that, but it's like, why are you celebrating this? What are we celebrating, you know? And then, like, even, like, some of our holidays, like Juneteenth and things like that, get kind of pushed to the side when we're focused on the holidays that are kind of pushed on us. So I think it's really great for us to know that Passover is really our holiday. I think that was a revelation for me as well. Like I never really looked at it like that. Passover is our Independence Day when the Lord made us a nation. So that is definitely good. And it's interesting for me because it's that's what stuck out to me as well. Mm -hmm. And I love how Pastor Omar not only takes the history and he puts it into words we can understand and he gives us the visualizations that we need for us to take it to yes. say, hey, this is where you are. This is what we need to do. And no, we're not gonna be perfect beginning. Mm -hmm. But that's okay because we're working on getting to right. where we need to be. Right. And hopefully as a nation, as a people, we will continue to work up and we will continue working towards where we need to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it stuck out to me as well. No, it, that's definitely good. And I look forward to the, the, to the, the day that our people as a nation come back to our heritage and do yes. all these things that Absolutely. were commanded upon us. I yes. look forward to that day. Can y'all imagine that? What that's going to look like when we're all together, you know, doing what God created us to do, like walking in the path that he carved for us all of those years ago, like us living in that? I can actually see it. Mm. I can see it. That would be it. awesome. Yes. That would be the day. Yes, it can that's happen. Good. It will happen. Yes, it will happen in Jesus' name. We just have to have faith in and Jesus believe name. it. Um, you know, the times that we're in, it's ups and downs, ebbs and flows for our people, but like, you know, we already know all things work for the good. You know, the good is coming, the greater is coming, um, and we just have to have to keep the faith and know that we're going we're gonna to get to where God wants us to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep spreading the word. Yes, yes. Thank y'all so much. I had Thank anything you. else? That was it? It was awesome. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank y'all. I think we have one more. 
This is some good stuff, y'all. Yeah, we really got a history lesson this morning. Um, I could come on up. Yeah, we really got a, a, a good, like a lecture. Pastor breaks it down. He he gives us the information bit by bit, and it's it's really good. Here you go. You're welcome. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all this morning? We're fine. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves. So. Uh, I'm Tony Griffin. This is my wife, Rosalind Griffin. Tony Griffin and Rosalind Griffin. Nice to meet y'all. Okay, so what's one thing that y'all kind of took away from Pastor's message this morning that kind of touched y'all? Being covered in the blood of Jesus. Yes. That was, wow. Mm -hmm. Understanding how he's covering us. Yeah. Yes. Um, and when he brought up about uh, the lamb, mm -hmm. <laughs> cooking lamb, mm -hmm. I'm a cook, so. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, that would wow. really touch you. Wow. Uh, that was good. I, uh, I, I got a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. I really did. Good. And what I got out of it was the love of God mm -hmm. to protect his people, mm. to know beforehand and to give you the information you need mm -hmm. to save, to be saved, to understand we're going to have to pay yeah. for what we have done. Mm -hmm. But if we are covered by his blood, mm -hmm. his mercy covers us. Mm -hmm. And just his love mm -hmm. and having the plan of salvation from the beginning, right. understanding there's no way we could make it. Right. So he made a way mm -hmm. for those who just believe, yes. believe in what he says. Yes. Cover yourself with the blood of my son. Mm -hmm. And we just give him all the glory. Yes. Hallelujah, Hallelujah for his love. Definitely. His love. Mm -hmm. And that's what I got out yes. of it. I think Passover is always um, amazing to kind of see the foreshadowing of yes. Christ dying yes. for yes. us, right? So, you know, he took the blood of the lambs and he used that to pass over his people in that time, but then he gave us the precious blood of oh, Yahshua Hallelujah. Hamashiach Hallelujah. to cover us in Hallelujah. this time right Hallelujah. now so that we know we have salvation in yes. Christ Jesus. We're covered fully by his Amen. blood. That's definitely a, a blessing to be Amen. able to get that revelation. Definitely. Amen. 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 Well, thank y'all. You're so thank welcome. You. Thank y'all so much. It's a blessing talking to y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. Y'all, this is awesome. Good morning. We have one more. We'll kind of discuss this this great lesson that Pastor spoke about Passover. It was really awesome. Hi. Good morning. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Y'all look so nice, first of all. <laughs> Why, thank you. My You're name welcome. is Tessa Belton. Miss Tessa. Put us in there. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the crazy thing about it. But mm -hmm. um, it is a revelation to know that they can't fix it. We have to come together and, you know, with the help of the Most High, yes. he's going to fix the situation yes. for us. He's going to get us to where he wants us to be. Yes. That is definitely something good. Um, yes. But it, it definitely was a blessing to kind of hear Pastor break it down that way and to, to hear him kind of, you know, cater to our people and, and speak life to us and let us know that, you know, all you need is faith. Just God it. is going to do it. He's going to yes. get us to where we need to be. Because I think in the news and things like that, we hear so much negativity towards yes. us. Yes. It's always negative things and, you know, what we need to be doing and and. Sometimes I look at things like the Black Wall Street, and I think, man, we had it was amazing. You know, yeah. like we had all of this great stuff, uh -huh. and then it kind of got taken away from us. Uh -huh. But 
It's but, always but good. But in God's glory, yes. those reparations yes. will be given back to us. Yes. And we, we live in expected mm -hmm. because God favors us. Right. And because he favors us, he's going to assure that his people are taken care of. Mm, that's so, good. That's good. So a word like this is in due season. So I piggyback off of everything she was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Just cover it all. That's it. That's it. Yeah. If y'all don't have anything else, thank y'all so much. Thank you. Oh, it was thank great you. talking to y'all. Absolutely. Thank y'all. So yeah, y'all, that was that was it for this message on the Passover. Uh, it was definitely a, a great, a great message. Um, I would advise you to go back and listen again throughout the week, uh, study those scriptures in Exodus, um, because we, we really need to have the faith to believe that God will take us out of the situations that we're currently in, that he really wants the best for us, that he wants to bless his people, um, that, you know, he loves us more than anything. So I think we should definitely dwell on that and marinate on that and watch things change throughout the coming weeks, throughout the coming months. Uh, God is definitely doing a new thing. He's working on our people. He's working on Israel. So we just have to keep the faith in that. So we thank you so much for joining us. I'll say a quick prayer. Father, we just thank you for bringing us all together, Father. We thank you for Pastor Omar who delivers a mighty word, Father. All the time that he puts in, the efforts that he puts in, Father. Studying and, and spending time in your word, Father. We just thank you for his sacrifices that he makes daily, Father, to bring us these, these rhema words, these on-time words that give us the faith to move, the faith to continue to to trust in you and believe that you are doing a mighty work in your people, God. So we just thank you for the revelations that you've given unto us, God. I pray that you would just allow us to walk differently. I pray that you would allow us to talk differently, Father. Give us confidence in you, Father. Help us to be obedient to you, Father, knowing that you are going to change situations. You're going to turn lives around, God. You're going to bring Israel back to, to where you had it initially, Father. You're going to bring the plans back that you had for us in the beginning, God. So we just love you now. We thank you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all so much for joining us. See y'all next week. Have a good one.